Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. We're working through a series right now called Summer in Psalms. Summer in Psalms. It's been good. I've been good to choose my favorite psalms to preach out of, which has been exciting. Tonight, we're going to be looking at, again, I've said this every week, one of my favorites. I think this very well may be my favorite, Psalms chapter 1. We're going to be looking at three verses, verses 1 through 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you a Bible. We have Bibles in the back, and please take as many as you'd like. Take them all. If you want to study Bible, let me know. I'm here for you. I got your back. We believe that the Bible is God's word. And that we believe that it's perfect. It's flawless. And that it can change your life. Grab a Bible. And if you don't have one, we're also going to have it on the screen. So you can follow along with us in, Psalm, in Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. And it says this. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. And he is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. That's a good verse. This is a few good verses, right? Whatever he does. How many of you here today, whatever you do, you'd like to prosper? Is that you here today? Good. We're going to unpack that together over the next little bit. Let's pray before we dive into God's word together. God, we're thankful for this text. Uh, We're thankful for your word, that it's alive, that it speaks to us, and that it meets us where we are. So God, we pray that today your word would do just that. And it would meet us where we are and speak to us. And Father, we, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that as we hear your word uh, read and, and preached, that we would always be thinking how we can apply it on Monday, live it out on Tuesday, share it with others on Wednesday. God, we want to be uh, obedient to what you call us to do. We pray that your, your spirit would be the teacher today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So the book of Psalms is a collection of songs Make sure you hear that right. Not psalms, songs and prayers. And most of the book of Psalms is written by a man named David. Around 73, about 73 books, uh, passages are, those are David's. There were five other authors as well that authored many of the psalms. And then we have about 51 of the psalms that are, we don't know the uh, anonymous, unanimous. They're unanimous that it's anonymous. (laughs) <laughs> we don't know who wrote them. But the Psalms, I love the Psalms because in one Psalm, as we read last week, you have people at the end of their rope and they're crying out to God from the end of the earth. I cry when my heart is overwhelmed. And you have people crying out in Psalms, begging for help. But then also you can keep reading a few verses later and you have people on the highest of mountain peaks rejoicing, saying, we're just so thankful. God, you're so good. I believe that the book of Psalms just expresses every human emotion. It's the heart and soul of humanity. 
And I love the way that it's written. It has, it's very poetic, and it has a, a good flow to it. The purpose of the book of Psalms is to give us songs and prayers that deepen our relationship with God. That's the purpose. And that's why, really, we could open up anywhere in the book of Psalms and read it, and it would help somebody. But today, we're turning to Psalms 1, 1 through 3. The title of the message is this, The Pursuit of Happiness. Not the movie, but the message. The Pursuit of Happiness. There are three aspects of this text that I want us to unpack together. And we're just going to work through the text systematically looking, starting in verse 1. And first thing I want us to look at today is what I'm calling the way. And this part of the text is speaking to a direction that God is pointing us to. It says, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. So basically, that's what, this is what the text is saying. If you want to be unhappy, surround yourself with people that give ungodly advice. That speak into your life things that are not of God and of his word. Question for you today. Do you believe that this statement is true? You are the sum total of the five closest relationships around you. If you disagree with that, I understand. Maybe the 10 closest people around you, but I want you to seriously take just a second to consider the people that I have around me, the characteristics they have, the things they enjoy, the way they live their life. Is, is that how I live my life? Is that true of my life? I would say yes. And we say this all the time, but it's a statement that helps me remember this truth, this biblical truth, and it's that connection determines direction. Uh, those that you're connected with and there are those that you're closest to will ultimately give you your future. I love uh, 1 Corinthians 15, This is a great passage to commit to memory. It says that bad company corrupts good morals. Did y'all know that was in scripture? You thought you could just hang out with all the bad people, the corrupt people, and live out a godly lifestyle. You, you, no shot. Not based on scripture. It says that bad company corrupts good morals. Now, my first thought whenever I read this was, okay, I, I don't know anybody that's perfect. I don't know anybody that's walking in the way flawlessly. I'm, I'm not saying dump all your friends. Don't, if you're taking notes, don't say like, I hate my friends. They're the worst. Leave all my friends. Don't dump your friends. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I want you to look at your friends and the things that are true of their life, characteristics that they have, things that they value. And I want you to take some time to, to examine, is that where I want to go? Or do I need to make some adjustments? Do I need to prioritize my relationships a little different? That is, I think, much more wise approach. I remember in high school, uh, 30 years ago, no, I'm just saying, it wasn't that long ago. It felt like, it feels like forever ago. I remember in high school, I, I, I knew at a very young age that God had called me to preach. I came, I came to faith when I was eight years old. 
And, and shortly after, as crazy as it sounds, I felt like God was saying, you're going to be in ministry. And you're going to preach one day. And this is, this is the direction that I'm calling you to. And I remember in high school, I started putting myself around some people that were not headed toward that calling. That were not living out. They weren't giving wise counsel, to say the least. And I remember thinking to myself, it's fine. They're the best that I got, and I'll be fine. But if you believe this today, what you tolerate in the relationships around you will ultimately become what's normative of your life. So what you may think of your friends when you say, yeah, I don't really like it when they do this, but I'm never really going to do it. Just give it more time, and then that's going to be the normal for you. And then, then what you thought wasn't okay you don't even recognize anymore. And that's what happened to me in high school is the things that they used to say that I'd say I never say, now I'm saying all the time and I'm not even thinking about it. Or when they're being, having perverse language and looking at things that they shouldn't, I fall into the same trap. And over time, it becomes normative. I remember having a wake-up call one day when I was reading in God's Word and I came across the text that says, Search me, God, and know my hearts. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And I remember reading that psalm, praying that out loud to God, thinking, Ooh, that's ugly. That's not where I want to be. God, I have strayed a long way off from my calling. I've strayed a long way off from which, how you've called me to live. Why? Bad company corrupts good morals. And this is a biblical principle that we see. There's also a pattern. I don't know if you saw it whenever we read it the first time, but it's this. Walk in, walk in the advice of the wicked. I like to say this is associating yourself. You're like, hey, what do you think I should do? You think I should do that? Okay, yeah. You're, you're associating, but then it takes it to another level. You stand in the pathway of sinners. You're a little bit farther down the road in the relationships you're not supposed to be in. And now you're like standing, you're more integrating yourself deeper into that relationship. And then the final thing, it says, sit in the company of mockers. And for many of us, that, what that looks like is we're just establishing ourselves in these relationships. These are, these are my friends, like it or not. I'm around sinners, mockers, and people that are leading me in the way against God's commands and calling on my life. Now, I had a little bit of a tension when I read this. I don't know if you feel the same tension or not. And that's like, isn't this a little bit contradictory? Like, aren't we supposed to be friends of sinners, but now you're telling me not to hang out with sinners? Anybody else think that in their head? I want to give some clarity here. I want to I break the tension. All right. Think about those closest to you, not all of your relationships, but let's think about those closest to you. And it says this, think about these questions as you think about all of your friends. Who are you leaning into for personal life advice? Probably not everybody, probably those that you trust, those that are closest to you. Another question, who are you seeking for spiritual counsel? Probably not everybody, but those closest to you that you trust. Who is holding you accountable to God's truth? And who are you spending the majority of your time with? If, if there were three or four or five people that you thought of in those moments, then, then that's probably your inner circle. And I hope those are people that are not mockers and sinners 
and giving ungodly advice. See, I could be friends with a hundred people that don't believe in God, that don't believe in living out the commands that he's called us to. I could have a hundred, I could have a thousand of those relationships. But just because I love those people, serve those people, and have relationships with those people, genuine and authentically, it does not mean that I have to give them permission to influence my life. Which I feel like sometimes we feel the pressure like we have to do that. But I feel like it's okay to have an inner circle of people that we trust, the people that we've said, these are the people I'm going to go to for personal advice. These are the people I'm going to trust for spiritual guidance over my life and that are going to hold me accountable to God's word. Otherwise, we'll stray far from where we feel God calling us to do. Go. I, this text specifically is speaking to relationships, but I believe that in our time today, there's many different things outside of personal relationships that can influence our life. And that can be, uh, that can have bad character and that can be sinners and give us unwise, unbiblical counsel. Let's think about the things that we put first in our ears. The things that we allow to influence our future and influence our purpose by what we put in our ears. Maybe it's the music we listen to, the podcast we listen to, the books we listen to. Because we all know we're not reading anymore. We're listening to books. Praise the Lord for Audible. Or maybe it's what we're putting into our eyes. The things that we're allowing to influence us by what we see. The things we put in front of a TV. The things that we put in front of our iPhone. The images, images we linger on. Also, let's talk about our bodies. The things that we consume or the things that we do with our bodies as the temple of God. Whether it be sub- substance abuse or sexual immorality, the things that we allow to influence our lives. Are they ungodly or are they godly counsel? I love what the statement doesn't say. Every time I read a text of what it does say, I always, in my mind, I always try to see what it doesn't say. So it doesn't go on to say, okay, don't do those things, but instead walk in the advice of the wise or stand in the pathway with righteous. Or sit in the company of saints. Then you will be happy. That's not what it says. But that's what we think it would probably say, right? Instead of hanging out with people that are giving you bad, ungodly counsel, and sitting in the pathway with sitters and sitting down with mockers, wouldn't the common sense thing be to do the opposite? But God doesn't direct us to healthy community next. What he directs us to is a personal and intimate relationship with the Father. I think for many of us, and I think it's, I think it's a problem, is that we lean too heavily on biblical community to sustain us and to be the source instead of a personal and intimate relationship with God. So we think to ourselves, hey, I'm just going to put a few people around me and I'm good. That's wrong. And that's not what the scripture teaches. First and foremost, it's a personal relationship with God. 
Scripture says this next. It says, instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. The Lord's instruction. This book. See, we believe that this is the word of God. That it's God's words to humanity and his instruction of how we can find salvation, hope, how we can meet Jesus, how, we can, how we're supposed to live our lives. Everything that we need to know is found in this book right here. And the more that we know the book, the more that we read the book, the more that we study the book, the more that we memorize the book, then the more that we can allow this book to guide our daily lives and the decisions that we make. To me, this is personally a little encouraging and a little challenging and very convicting. <laughs> because if, if that's the case, then this is the most important thing that we can do in our lives to find true happiness and true joy, joy and true delight is to get with God in his word and to spend time with him. I think, unfortunately, oftentimes, especially especially whenever we get busy, we, we tend to look at the book of the Bible, the word of God, as a thing that we check off as a spiritual discipline in our life that we read a chapter or that we did the reading and now we're good. Instead, we should be looking at this as God speaking directly to us. His words falling off the page, landing on our hearts and changing our lives. This is very simple, but I want, us to, uh, I want us to think about this, and it's don't hesitate, meditate. <laughs> In life, don't hesitate, meditate. And you may be thinking, what is meditation of God's word day and night? What does that look like? This word meditate is a Hebrew word and actually points to a practice back in the day where people would actually memorize God's scripture, write it on their hearts, and they would oftentimes, they would fall on their knees and they would pray. They would fall on their knees or, on, or they would sit down and pray and they would close their eyes. And it's, and it's often thought that a practice would be that they would actually rock back and forth praying God's word to him. Reciting God's word from memory back to God in prayer. And not in a subtle way, but in a passion, groaning, very focused manner. For us today, meditation looks like I'm just not going to look at Instagram for 15 minutes. I think God's calling us to a little more than that. That's why many of us, we need to get alone in our prayer closet, fall on our face before God, and cry out to him. Meditate on his word and pray his words back to him. Psalms 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And I think that's very interesting when we're talking about the way, the first way being walking with the counsel of the ungodly. But then we see God's word and the Lord's instruction as a lamp and a path as well. And I believe that 
we have a choice. We're going to talk about that in a second. Last thing is this. Life. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. I want to, I want to draw this out for you. I think it'll help you. Whenever, sometimes I read texts, pictures come to mind. So maybe this will help you. I'm going to, it's not going to be pretty heads up but maybe it can bless somebody. All right. I got a cheat sheet, just in case. All right, here we go. Here's what I see. I see two roads that God points out in the scriptures. So we have two options here. Okay, one road. This is just, you know, we're on this road together. And all of a sudden... This road goes this way. This one goes this way. All right. Now, on this road, this one is a little narrower, but this one's a little bit more broad. This is looking great so far. All right. So we're all on this road together, doing life. And we have a choice to make. We can either follow wicked counsel. I'm a counsel. Who thinks counsel is the like, most tricky word to spell? Anybody else? <laughs> if that's not right, correct me later. It's fine. It's counsel. All right, then over here we have the Lord's. Instruction. That's a little easier. I think I got that one covered. All right. Then what it's talking about is a pattern or a process. I don't know if you see that. You see that in there as well. So that pattern and that process, I'm going to do dotted lines right here. All right. Dotted lines. Dotted lines. All right. Here we go. Now that actually did turn out well. Proud of that one. Okay. And in this process, we have this. We have, we're associating. Then we're, have, then we're starting to really integrate ourselves. We're integrating. And then up here, we become established. And that's, I believe that's true kind of all the way around. In this, in this walk, in our life, we're associating with wise counsel or we're integrating, or wicked counsel or integrating, or we become full-blown established in wicked counsel. Or we're associating, we're beginning to read God's word, but then we're starting to integrate God's word into our lives. We're beginning to trust him and actually obey his word. And then we become established. And this is what the scriptures say. Scripture says he's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prosper. If you continue on in that first chapter of songs, it actually talks about uh, that if you go the other way, there's a dead tree over there. That's, that's the message. Look it up. So this is a dead tree. 
Gosh, that's, that's not looking like a dead tree. It's kind of looking alive. I'll show you. That's a dead tree. Over here we have... Ooh. It's a very... It's like, it's like a cloud. That tree is alive. You know why? Because that tree has a stream of living water. If you can't tell what I'm doing right now, I'm writing Jesus in the water. (laughs) Notice this path, the scripture says, of wicked counsel, leads to death. There's no stream that flows through both camps. It's on, it's on, it's on one, one choice. And the third thing, if you're taking notes, is, is life, the life, the way, the truth, the life. And this is because Jesus knows that even if he put godly counsel over here, its end would never be life. It would be good friends. But Jesus wants to point you to the source, living water, life, abundant life. So he points you towards the source of all life. And for this tree, I'm going to put, this is life. Over here, death. And we all have a choice. Over here it says that you're sitting with mockers. You're established. You're sitting. It's just where I am. It's who I am. And it's always going to lead towards destruction. But over here, you're meditating or you're sitting, you're, you're, what you're doing, what you're really doing is you're resting with his presence. With God himself. And that's where it says everything you do prospers. That's where you produce fruit. That's where you find happiness. Delight. When I think of the word uh, happy, when I saw that first word happy, I think to myself, what, what that word actually means, is it happy or, or blessed? And what I think is, our happy condition is a result, so we all want to be happy, but our happy condition is a result of really a healthy position. Happy equals healthy. And we cannot be healthy apart from the living word of God. The source of life found in Jesus. It says it bears fruit in every season. We like to look at that. We like to think, okay, and especially as we examine our life, uh, 
We like to look at the fruit that we're bearing and examine like, okay, is that true of our life? But you notice whose fruit it is. His fruit. And you notice it says in season. Who chooses the season? God. His fruit. His season. For his glory. Our response is to, to read his word, obey his word, listen to his instructions, meditate on it, rest in him. And the rest is his. That should be an encouragement to somebody today. That success equals obedience. Successful fruit, bearing fruit, looks like obedience to God. Our responsibility is intimacy and obedience to him. It says, whatever he does prospers. Now, this does not mean you're going to be wealthy. It does not mean you're going to be healthy. That would be awesome. That'd be great. Okay, so I read the Lord's instructions. I do what he says. Health and wealth. No, I'm sorry. It's actually a hard way. It's actually, it's actually going to be some struggles. Matthew 7, 13, 14 says this. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is broad that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. Now, the narrow gate, now, the narrow is the gate, and difficult the road to life, and few find it. Not because it's, hard to find, but because so often so many choose their own way, their own path, instead of life in Jesus Christ found in his word. So it doesn't mean that prosper means wealth. Actually, it says it's going to be difficult. But prosper is more about having God's approval than our expectations on what we think we deserve or what we think we should get in life. But having God's approval God's saying, well done. That means that no matter what we do, if we're following this pattern that God set before us, that we can be satisfied in him. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I believe this scripture is painting a beautiful picture, foreshadowing a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, living water, and his word, and the life. And that's what the Psalms does. Beautiful imagery of Jesus Christ, who is our source. Uh, three quick walking points, and then we'll be done. These are, how do I apply this text to my life tomorrow? And here's three things. First thing that I want you to do is uh, check, check your circle. Check those closest to you. The relationships that you have around you that are closest to you, ungodly counsel? Or, or are they people that are speaking God's truth over your life? Second, are, am I meditating on the Lord's instruction day and night? Or am I just checking it off the list? Or am I not doing none of the above? My encouragement would be, let's start the journey today. Our mission statement at Pinewood, which is our third thing, which is to point people to the way, our mission statement of Pinewood is to meet people where they are, no matter where you are in this journey. Maybe you're here, maybe you're here or here. Our mission statement of Pinewood is to meet people where they are and point them to the way, point them to Jesus. And so in everything that we do, we're going to say, hey, let's start here. Hey, let's start here. Let me, help you. Let me help you read the scripture. Let's start here. Let's memorize some scripture together. Hey, what do you know about Jesus? Let's start here. Let's get into God's word together. 
Let's see what he wants to teach us. Do I care about what people do with their lives or how they behave or what they do over here? Not really. Not that much. What I care about is, are they in the word? Do they believe in God? Are they putting their faith and trust in who Jesus is? And are they pursuing a life in Jesus? If you would, go ahead and and stand. We're going to end with a song of response. This, This song is an opportunity for you to take the message that we talked about today. And if there was anything that stood out to you, anything that you feel like God spoke to you over and you feel like you need to apply on Monday, live out on Tuesday, share with others on Wednesday, talk to God during this song and tell him, pray. We also open up the floor every weekend for you to come forward and fall on your face before God, fall on your knees and lay lay whatever's on your heart right here at what we like to call an altar. may not seem like a big big deal, but there is something too about stepping out, coming forward and falling on your face before God. And I, I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you need to do that today, come forward. If you want to pray with somebody today, come grab me, come grab my wife, grab the person next to you. I'm sure they're wonderful people. Say, would you pray for me? And uh, let's make this a house of prayer as we close with our final song. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.